Okay, good morning everyone and welcome back. We continue here with Evan Shlema. We're in Parakut Aleph. Simon Bays. moving on to Simon Bays. We spent a while on Simon Aleph. There was a lot to mine out over there in Simon Aleph. And now we're ready to move on. Again, this Parakut Aleph, the Parakut talks about the Geula, the ultimate eventual redemption. Geula Asida, as the Malachi says, Bimher V'yameinu. So, continuing in, in, in discussions of Geula, going to say something interesting. Bays. it's going to happen. We already saw that um, the Geula happens in stages, meaning there's different things that happen different times. There is the re- release from serv- servitude to the other nations. There's the, the, the punishment to the other nations. There's the ingathering of the exiles. And then finally, the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Now the guy says that even within that, there's sub-stages. Not everything, not every Jew is going to be redeemed at the same time. Not every member of Klai Yisrael is redeemed at the same time. So listen to what the guy says. We have to try to puzzle this... Um, piece this puzzle together, maybe, to figure out the, the, the idea behind the scenes here. It says the guy, Mitchilo, <coughs> initially, Yigalu Yud Shvatim. The ten Shvatim will first be the first on lines for the redemption. The ten Shvatim. The ten tribes, they're going to get have Geula first. The Acherkach, Shevet Yehuda. Then, Shevet Yehuda. The Acherkach, Yichyu Dor HaMidbar. Then, after that, we're going to have the Dor HaMidbar, the generation of the Midbar, will, will um, be brought back to life. Well, Tchias HaMesim, on the generation that died in the Midbar. Interesting, very interesting. The guy declares that there's going to be an order to how the Geul is going to work. The first thing that's going to happen, they're going to redeem the Ten Shvatim. They're going to come back first. Presumably, he's talking about the Kibbutz Goliath bringing them back from wherever they're scattered to. So ten tribes are going to come back first. Then, we bring back Shevet Yehuda. Next in line is Yehuda, the tribe of Yehuda. And then after that, we do Tchies HaMesim on the, um, the generation that perished in the Midbar. What's the in this order? What's the in this breakdown? Ten tribes and, and then Yehuda. Why can't we redeem them all at the same time? Why does it have to be the ten Shvatim first? And why in that order? Why not Yehuda first and then the Ten Shvatim, right? And then Tchiyas HaMesim on the Dora Midbar. So it's very baffling over here. Why this order? Why does it have to be in any order? Why can't everything happen at the same time? And if it has to be in an order, why is this the order? Shouldn't you do Yehuda and then the Ten Shvatim? Who are these Ten Shvatim that the guy is talking about? He's talking about the famous Ten Lost Tribes, right? The Ten Shvatim that were sent into Gaulus early. So we know the way it happens historically is that Sanchev, also known as... Um, um, Tiglas Pleser, he's called in, in Tanakh. He came and sent into exile, of, you know, 100 years or so before the, base, the first base Hamikdash was destroyed. He, at that point, Klaus was split into two different factions, was split into two different empires. There was the, the Malchus of um, Yehuda, and then there was the Aseris Hashvatim. The rest of the, of the, the tribes of Yehuda and Benyamin were more or less together. And then there was the Aseris Hashvatim, that rift happened already. Um, in, in, after Shalom HaMelech, in the times of his son, Rechavim, Rechavim, um, saw the empire split. Yeravim ben Avat was the first king, was anointed as the first king of Malchus Beis Yisrael. It was called Malchus Beis Yehuda, Malchus Beis Yisrael, the empire of Judah and the empire of Israel. And that was Azariah Hashvat. It became two different empires, and they very often, they, they warred. They were warring empires between each other. Sometimes there was a truce when there was a common enemy. 
So this is like the whole say from Olakum. Maybe look about, about, about the strife, the conflicts, the friction, and the occasional occasional truces that were made between the two empires. That was Malchus base Yisrael, the Ten Shvatim. And they were sent into exile early. They went eg- early into exile. And um, the Gemara tells us that, that representatives of them came back. Yirmiyahu went before the base which was destroyed to bring back representatives, but they're, they're, they, mo- mo- for the most part, they didn't come back. They didn't come back. And then, of course, this leads to all the, we're not going to get into that now, this is the spooky stuff. Where are the ten tribes? Who are the ten tribes? The Ethiopian Jews, maybe they're the ten tribes. Um, you know, they, they went to the far east, they went to the far west, they went down south. They're somewhere stuck somewhere in Nebraska. So there's a lot of different legends about the ten tribes, where they went and who they are. I think the American Indians, I once heard another theory like that, the American Indians. Who knows? We don't know. But, but we, we, we are told that, you know, they went to exile, they went to, into Gullus, and they have yet to return from Gullus. And by returning from Gullus, they have to yet they yet have to be restored to their place in Klai Yisrael, reunited with the rest of Klai Yisrael, and brought back into the fold of Klai Yisrael. The vast majority of Klai Yisrael today were from Shevet Yehuda and Shevet Binyamin, who went into exile um, last, when the base of was destroyed. We went into Gullus last, and we had, before, before Malchus base Yehuda, when it's a Gullus in Bavel, our Gullus was Bavel. The, the ten tribes went, we don't know where they went. They were, they were scattered, they went the other side of the Sambachon River, wherever that is, right? We don't know where they are, who they are. They, they didn't have leaders with them. They didn't have Chachamim with them. They didn't have um, a, a bastion and a base of, of um, Tamiri Chachamim and Gedolim to, to lead them, to guide them, and to really keep them Stark to keep them to keep them strong in the Yiddishkeit. That's why really we don't know who they are and where they are nowadays. Um, again, the Gemara says that that Yirmiyot brought them back, but the Gemara means it's like representatives. So they had to be like they are a few from every tribe he found and he brought back. For the most part, again they're in Gaulus. Whereas Malchus based Yehuda, when the tribe of Yehuda went into Gaulus, second, lastly after the base was destroyed, so it was a very different story. The, 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 Eleven years before that, we saw in Megillah there were already Chachamim over there. Mordechai was there. Um, he was there earlier. Yehoi um, Yochin um, was there already earlier. There, there was a whole um, infrastructure already waiting for them in Bavel before they got to Bavel. By the time they got to Bavel, there was already... It, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, you know, a, a Jewish situation had already been set up there first. Not unlike, and not dissimilar to Yaakov Avinu, before he went into Mitzrayim, he sent Yehuda ahead to create a yeshiva in Mitzrayim, make sure that when he got there, there'd be a base medrash, right? Rashi says that he sent Yehuda, Gaishna, Yaakov sends Yehuda ahead to make sure that when he gets there, there's already going to be a makam there's going to be a yeshiva set up. So they had the same thing in Bavel. When Yehuda, the tribe of Yehuda came down to, to, to Gullah's Bavel, they, the Yidin had gotten, we were already there for a decade plus. There were yeshivas, there were chadarim, there were schools, there were vesiakovs. They, they, they had a, uh, a system already waiting for them. And that's why they remain strong for the most part during Gaulus Babylon. They came back for, for the base Bayashani. So that was the difference between the Gaulus of Beis Yehuda and the Gaulus of Malchus Beis Yehuda, Malchus Yehuda, Malchus Yisrael, the ten tribes. Okay. Um, but we have to return to the Vilna Gain over here. What, what's Taka the Pshat that the 
Aseris Shvatim are going to come back first, and then Yehuda. Why does it have to be any order? If anything, Yehuda should come back first. Yehuda has more schosim, we would think, than the Aseris Shvatim. Aseris Shvatim had been, been lost for a very long time. Um, Yehuda is the one, you know, that's Shevet Yehuda, who had all the yeshivas, all the kailulim, all the chadarim. Why, why do they have to wait for Yehuda to come out first? For, 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 for the ten Shvatim to come out first, they have more schosim, they should be redeemed first. If it should be, if anything, the other way around, why does it have to be any kind of order, as we asked? And then we appreciate the question a little bit more. Why does it have to be any order? If there is going to be an order, Yehuda has chosim, Yehuda has kadimo. Yehuda should come first, he's the one with priority. And then, what's his business again with, then the, the Dor HaMidbar, the um, generation of the Midbar will, will be, will, will come back to life. Then we'll do Tchias HaMesim. What's up with that? It like, sounds like we have to wait till we have the ten Shvatim, and then we have to wait till we have Yehuda. Then we do Tchias HaMesim on the Dora Midbar. Vaiter, why do you have to have an order? Why not do everything at the same time? Or why not do Tchias HaMesim on the Dora Midbar first? If anything, they have the most Chosim, right? The Dora Midbar. These, there's a Dora Day, the Dora that was Makabal, the Torah. They have the most Chosim of anyone. If anyone should be first online, it should be them. So the line seems to be the wrong order, the wrong way around, exactly the opposite of what we would expect. And um, why does there have to be a line? Okay, so, so to understand this going, we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, what exactly is the point of the Geula that we should see Bimher of Yamenu? And what's the point of Tchias HaMesim? And I want to I wanna put a specific spin on that question. The Geula that we're expecting that we should see speedily in our days. Um, is that, that's that? That's the spitz? That's the end of, uh, you know, everything? This is like what we've been diving for? This is, this is the ultimate goal? What? No, it's not. What's the ultimate goal? We all know what's the ultimate goal. No? She asked not the ultimate goal. What? Closer to Hashem? A two-word term that captures that. What's the ultimate goal? Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash. Beis is the ultimate goal, right? Close to Hashem. L'sanigal Hashem. Be close. Dveikos. That, of course, is the ultimate goal. And that's Oilam Haba, the world to come, right? We had the world to come. We had in there Hashem. We had the Messiah Sasharm. Well, we learned about it. We didn't have it. We haven't had it yet, but we learned about it, right? No one knows uh, what Olam Haba looks like. No one knows what it's going to be like. No one knows what it's going to smell like. The, we were told, yeah, but we can talk about it. Olam Haba is the ultimate goal. And when is Olam Haba coming? Today, no, no. I'm afraid it's not coming today, no. What? Tomorrow? Not tomorrow either. No, not today, not tomorrow. Olam Haba is a different existence altogether. It's not this kind of existence anymore. Mashiach is going to be in this existence, in this world. No. This world's getting nuked. What's going to happen is, in the year six, not God forbid, that's what's going to be, in the year 6,000, Yibayashim is going to nuke this place sky high. In the year 6,000, we're going to be drifting in a spiritual form in the Eil HaNashamas, okay? And then for a thousand years of Shabbos, right? And then Hashem is going to re- make a new world, Olam Haba. A new world, new existence. And that's where we're going to enjoy Hashem, closeness to Hashem forever. But that's very different than Mashiach. That is very different than Tchiyas HaMesim. That's something else altogether. There's a different kind of Tchiyas HaMesim. The Tchiyas HaMesim that the guy's talking about over here is not that Tchiyas HaMesim. It's, it's a Tchiyas HaMesim that happened here in this world. So let, we've talked about this. You remember this, right? Yeah, this he, this is the Aleph base, this is basics. He remembers this stuff. This is the basics. No, I said them the end of the world. That's right. So Mashiach is going to come in this world. And Maisha Rabbeinu, the Tchiyas HaMesim, Maisha is this world, and, and bring the ten tribes back, that's this world. And this world only lasting until the year 6,000. And then again, then, then after that, again, what happens is Hashem destroys this world. Hashem 
that destroying this world, I'm saying nuking, but that's not, it's not, it doesn't mean nuking really, it just means Hashem just goes like that. Hashem, not even, Hashem doesn't even snap his fingers, Hashem just decides not to be interested in this world anymore, and it doesn't exist anymore. So that's what's going to happen in the year 6000. So all physicality in this world, there's stasis for a thousand years, and Hashem begins Eilam Haba. So let's ask a question that if anyway the ultimate goal is Eilam Haba, and if anyway the ultimate goal is what happens after this world is no longer, you know, has been dissolved. So what's it? What was Geula and Mashiach and the Beis Hamikdash? Like what is it? Just like a tease? Yeah. It's just like a like a like the pregame show. Yes. It's a warm up. Very good. Is that what it is? Is that really what it is? Is that all it is? Preparing, maybe is it preparing? Pre-game show. Pre-game show, it's tailgating, right? Yes, yeah. Getting ready, it's getting ready. Okay, so Ellie wants to say the same thing. It's getting ready. So it's definitely that, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It's different than that. The the purpose of all this Geula and Mashiach again, Mashiach is just for here. Mashiach, the the reign of the era of Mashiach is just going to last till the year six thousand, and then that's it. No more. No, there's no Mashiach anymore. No, it's Hashem and all of Klai Yisrael. Just you know. Having closeness to Hashem, there's no Mashiach in Adam Haba. Adam Haba is a um, is a um, I'm sorry, Mashiach is is um, something that is for here. Um, so, um, hmm. so what is the point? The point's like this: the point of the Mashiach and Geula and, and the ten tribes coming out of of, of exile and Yehuda coming out of exile and the Bnei Beis Mikdash. Let's take everything that we've been discussing the last week, let's take it now to the next level. The point of all that really is, you can say two different words that means essentially the same thing. It's the world coming full circle and it's closure. Closure and the world coming full circle. This world has to come full circle. This world has to receive closure. What does closure mean? It has to achieve its destiny. This world is created for a very specific purpose and it has to achieve that purpose. The purpose of this world was to create a world create an environment where there is a perceived absence of Hashem only to create a presence of Hashem in its place. Oilam Haba, there's no absence of God. The whole a whole definition of Oilam Haba, it's a place where it, it's Hashem and only Hashem. That's Oilam Haba. And there's no room to not see Hashem. There's no room to not be close with Hashem. There's no room to to have a situation where Hashem is hidden. That defies the definition of Elam Haba. Elam Haba, by definition, is a place where there's only Hashem, and there's no, it's, it's not, not, not possible to, to not see Hashem. There's no competing existences. But Elam Hazeh, this world, is very much not like that. This is a world where the kind of the definition of this world is a place where you don't see Hashem. It's defined as a place where there is an absence of God. It's defined as a place where Hashem is not openly visible or, or, or present or palatable. Why does Hashem do that? Why does Hashem create a place where you don't see Hashem? In order to say, there is a Hashem. What? Hashem creates a place where there's a Havamina to have an absence of God. You cannot see God, you cannot perceive God. In order to bring God in there. That's the whole point of Elam Hazen in a nutshell. And if that's not going to be realized at the end of this world's lifetime and existence, then the world hasn't really achieved its purpose, and that would be flawed, and Hashem can't do anything that's flawed. So this is deep stuff a little bit, okay? Everyone had a coffee? I had this question. Everyone, everyone should have another coffee. I asked you this question. What's going on? That's right. So this is, you see, if you stick around, you get all the answers. Eventually all the answers come, right? Maybe, yes. Thank you. 
the fact that we can see such atrocities, people can do such inhumane acts, you know, sub, my, my, my figure lives in Eretz Yisrael, and she always, you know, she, she has a term, I don't know if she coined this term, but she always refers, has, has referred to, to um, the Yishma'ilim, specifically the ones that, uh, that make tzars for us, as not subhuman, but sub-animal. Right, and she all for years. I always heard her using this term, you know. But but it, see, is Saka true? I mean, unfortunately, right? And animals don't commit what these what Hamas did. Animals don't do that. It's sub-animalistic. It's not even subhuman. It's sub-animal. Um, the fact that you, we, we're in the world that, you, that such things can happen again is because Eilam Hazeh is a world where there is the the, 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 the absence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the default, is the Min Hastam. We have to bring the presence of Hashem in, but on its own, this is a world where there's an absence of Hashem. So, <clears throat> before the world is destroyed slash just dissipates in the year 6000, the world has to achieve its goal, it has to achieve its purpose, the world has to come full circle. And if it doesn't come full circle, then there's a flaw in the system, there can't be any flaws in the system. And then we look back and say, well, why did you, you create a world where you're absent? Why do you create a world where you cannot show up as, where where, where acts of barbarism and atrocities can occur, why would you do that if we don't in the end say, oh no, but it was really Hashem all along and this was the plan, this is why everything happened. If that doesn't happen, then there's a flaw in the system. The world's flawed. And since the world isn't flawed, because it comes from a flawless creator, the world has to come full circle. The world has to achieve closure. Closure means, in the end, we have to see everything um, achieve its purpose. We have to see the answers to everything, and we have to see that it was really Hashem the whole time, there was a purpose, there was, an, there was a plan. And if that doesn't happen, then again, then there's a flaw in the camping flaws, so therefore that has to happen. So far, so good? Okay. That means that every person, every entity, every member of Klayusro specifically, has to have that closure, has to be able to come to the, to, the, to the end of the cycle and circle and has to achieve their mission, has to achieve their purpose. That they, their purpose in this world, their purpose in Ailam Hazeb, their mission, their job, their role, Every member of Kalah Yisrael has to be able to come full circle. It, it's on a, a global level, but it's also on an individual level. And this is, first of all, the Pshat and Tchiyas This is why we have Tchiyas HaMesim. Before, we're going to destroy the world anyway, so why are we bringing everybody back to life? We're bringing everybody back to life to, to kill them again? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense, right? Let's just wait for Adam Habav, for the grace of Tchiyas HaMesim. Why do you have to bring everybody back to life over here in order just to destroy it? Okay. <laughs> you know that was just uh, you know it was just, it was just a little bit of a tease. We just we brought you back from the pregame show, but now we're going to kill you again. What's pshat? What's pshat? Wait for the big party, right? Wait for the grace party, the big party, the big masiba. The terraces they need to come back to achieve closure for the the world to come full circle. The world has to come full circle, and that is the point of tchias hamesim, and that is the point really of. What's going on behind the scenes, a whole nother dimension, a whole nother idea in what Ge'ul is altogether. What is Ge'ul altogether? Ge'ul is allowing the world to come full circle, to, to uh, 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 achieve its closure and to, for the world to realize its mission and its goal as to why it was accomplished, uh, why it was created, for all that to be accomplished on an individual and on a national, on a global level. And if we don't bring the world first full circle again, then we created a world that Hashem was absent, and that absence remains all the way to the end. We can't have that, because that is a chisar, and that's a shortcoming in the Rebbein Shem himself. And since that cannot be um, passable, there are no shortcomings and no flaws, 
Therefore, the Rebbeim creates a world that looks flawed in order for those flaws to work themselves out. A world that looks chaser for the world to end up being a statement of testimony to Hakash Baruch to his plan. And therefore, every single part, pr- player that was part of that scene has to come full circle, has to realize his mission. So this is, in a nutshell, why we we have to have Mashiach and Geula and Tchiyas HaMesim before the year 6000, even though this is not the the... Final stop. That's right. Even though this is only, you know, a, a um, stop over this world, even though this world is not the end all, do all, can all, we still need to come full circle for all the above reasons. Now, now that we have that aside, we can return to the Vilna Gain and understand all these uh, ideas over here, but I think that will leave for tomorrow. Take this and plug it in, because that's the second half of this discussion. We'll plug it back into the Vilna Gain. Hopefully, that will help us understand what's going on with the Tenshrat and with Yehuda. Dora Midbar, what's going on, all that and more, hopefully tomorrow, as the Shemiz Baruch Mission. Have a wonderful today.